golden, I'll call him golden, golden, golden things. Hello everyone, welcome to this very special episode of the Golden Collective Podcast. I'm your host Emily Antcliffe and I'm so happy that you're here. This is the final conversation I have recorded before I head off on maternity leave, which when this comes out, I'll be having a baby in like three weeks. (laughs) Crazy. So I'm very glad uh, that you're here for my final conversation. And this is one that I have really wanted to have represented on the podcast. And my goodness, did it exceed my expectations. I had the privilege of interviewing Bianca Manning, who is a Christian Aboriginal woman who works in the justice space, particularly with the church and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. I cannot recommend enough taking the time to really listen to what Bianca has to say, to hear her heart and to be responsive and open to what God is perhaps prompting you to reflect upon. So before we start this episode, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that I am recording from today, which is the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. As we continue to learn to live together on these ancestral lands, we acknowledge and pay our respects to their elders, past and present. We commit ourselves again to working for reconciliation in this land and pray that God will unite us all in the knowledge of his son in whom all things were created. Let's jump into my conversation with Bianca Manning. Hi, Bianca. Welcome to the Golden Collective podcast. It is so great to have you with us today. How about you get things started and introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, Emily. Um, Thanks so much for having me. Um, Yeah, so I am... Bianca, I'm a Gomoroi woman on my mother's side. Um, currently, I'm living in Brisbane on Yagura country, um, but I actually grew up in Newcastle on a Wabukul country. Um, but yeah, I'm the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Justice Coordinator for Common Grace. Um, so Common Grace is a movement of people pursuing Jesus and justice. Um, so yeah, we focus on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander justice, um, justice for refugees and asylum seekers, creation and climate justice, and domestic and family violence justice. Wow, so no big deal at all, just a real casual, easy job you've got. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty pretty big. (laughs) Oh, that is so significant. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more of your story and we'll chat a little bit more about what Common Grace does as well. So I'm looking forward to getting into it with you. Why don't you also tell us what life was like for you growing up? Tell me a little bit of your background. Mm, Sure. So yeah, I grew up in Newcastle, as I said. Um, Grew up with two brothers, mum and dad, and I guess pretty conventional life. Um, Mum taught us to be proud of our Aboriginal heritage. Um, But, you know, I loved well, most of the time loved school, um, had really great friends. Um, I loved to dance and sing and played hockey, played clarinet, <laughs> um, different things like that. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, at times I think there was there was quite a bit of conflict in my home, um, which, yeah, at times was pretty tough to deal with. Yeah, like finding Jesus in year 10 um, has really helped me to, to heal and to grow as a person as well. Mm. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. Did you grow up in a Christian home or how did you first come to church and hear about Jesus in your world? Yeah, I have a bit of an interesting like come to Jesus kind of story. Um, So I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, I think I knew a bit about God just through like scripture at my public school and I guess Christmas and Easter. You learn a bit about Jesus and I really love the idea of of God and I was quite open spiritually I knew that there was a spiritual realm I think particularly with my culture and a lot of my mum's side of the family having um, a lot of spiritual experiences Um, but I think as I started to as well learn more about my culture and learn more about the history of this country I actually did start to harden my heart towards religion or Christianity Um, I think because I could see a lot of Christians who didn't necessarily represent God very well or who have done a lot of damage, particularly to my people. Um, Yeah, but it was when I was in year 10, I was 15, um, late night shopping one Thursday night (laughs) at Westfield and some uh, YWAM students, so Youth with a Mission, there were some students who were evangelizing at the shopping center that night and they approached me and my friends and just asked us what we thought about God. And I remember saying, you know, I think when I think about God, I think about Christians. Um, I said, I I respect what they believe, but I don't necessarily believe it. I said, I think there might be a God, but I don't think it's necessarily the Christian God. Um, Yeah, smart little 15-year-old. Yes. (laughs) but um they ended up telling us about this youth program that they ran at the YWAM base in Newcastle called Youth Street and said that there was a dance team as part of it and yeah I really loved to dance and so I decided to start attending um I think at that time I was really looking for something to do on the weekends or something yeah some other kind of community to be involved in um yeah and so I think after attending Youth Street and the dance team and meeting all of these YWAM students from all around the world. um, Yeah, it was such a safe place. It was such a place I felt encouraged and really loved. Um, But still, I was like, oh, you know, I can take that part of it, but I'm not necessarily going to take the God part. Um, But one night at that youth program, um, they were doing worship and a message and yeah I can't particularly explain it and I'm sure a lot of you can understand but it was just I just felt the Holy Spirit and I felt this um this drawing um that there's something more and that God was real and that he was personal and yeah wanted to yeah get to know me and have a bigger part in my life um so that night I ended up talking to one of the leaders and they shared the gospel with me and I decided to give my life to God that night. Wow. Still didn't really want to call myself a Christian for a while, um, but I just knew that whatever I experienced was good mm. and, yeah, was 
something that I wanted to live for. Um, so that kind of started that journey of, um, yeah, trying to understand like who God is, what my purpose is, um, yeah, what does it look like as well? I think to be an Aboriginal person and to be a Christian, um, mm. some of the yeah things that I started to wrestle with, um, where I started to realize, you know, Christians don't necessarily always represent God well, but I, but that doesn't mean that God isn't good. And yes. That, um, that God uh, wanted certain things to happen. Um, yeah, and so I think it was beautiful. It's been a beautiful journey. It's mm-hmm. hard sometimes for sure. Um, but yeah, beautiful and just um, starting to meet other Aboriginal Christians, particularly in the last like five or six years, um, has really affirmed my own journey um, of identity. And yeah, I think for a while though, it was really just the Holy Spirit who was affirming to me and encouraging me that, you know, he was in this land before the boats came. Mm, <laughs> um, yes. That, yeah. And that God is is in my culture and with my people and has mm. a plan, a plan for healing and redemption. Um, yeah. And that I can wholeheartedly follow Jesus and wholeheartedly be an Aboriginal person. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And tell me, what kind of dynamic did that then bring into your house growing up? Was that a tension point? How did you talk, particularly to your mum's side, culturally? Mm. How did that conversation happen? Yeah, so initially I was a bit nervous to tell my family that I decided to become a Christian. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I remember that first conversation with mum and dad that night and I was actually surprised by their support and acceptance. Um, my mum particularly, she, so my grandmother was part of the stolen generations mm. um, and my mother was also removed from her family when she was um, eight or nine. Wow. And you know, mum was put into different children's homes that were often run by nuns or foster families mm. um, that were often Christian. Um, and so I know I wasn't even particularly sure, yeah, how mum might react. Um, mm. Yeah, I guess that kind of being put upon her as a child um, in the context of being removed from her own family. Yes. Um, yeah, but mum said to me that night, uh, she said, you know, I remember making that decision myself when I was a little girl and really even during those hard times, um, I felt I did feel comfort from having Jesus even wow. when I was away from my family. Um, yeah, so that was really beautiful to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes there were struggles, I think, just, or, yeah, my brother's not quite understanding um, or, you know, what they do, teasing me a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think, yeah, I've kind of grown in maturity in my own faith and, confidence to yeah let that it doesn't really bother me anymore um and they've become you know more mature as well and more open to listening and just yeah respecting my beliefs and yeah it's been it's been a good journey Mm. my dad even um my dad even said grace the other night before dinner for the first time when I went down to New South Wales to visit them um so yeah definitely um yeah, God's moving and 
yeah yeah and definitely pray a lot for my family yes yeah oh beautiful I can see God is clearly using you and has positioned you in your family for an amazing purpose so yeah be standing with you in faith to see what else happens and yeah how he works so that's really exciting Mm -hmm. thank you yeah and we'll we'll chat a little bit more about uh, that dynamic uh, a bit later on, but I'd want to hear from you as well, uh, just chatting through some of life's other trials and things that you have experienced that have really tested your faith. And I know some of that is linked to some work that you have done previously. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, something that you have faced recently or over the last couple of years that was really challenging for you and perhaps how God worked in that season? Definitely, yeah. So I would say it was about 2018, 2019. Um, I yeah had a pretty low season. I'd finished uni. I um, ended up I ended up doing YWAM after school and then doing a social work degree um, and then going out to work rurally in Broken Hill. And during that time working in Broken Hill, I first experienced anxiety. Like I would never have. Um, yeah, called myself an anxious person or, you know, sometimes we naturally experience some anxiety, but um, I found myself um, particularly triggered by kind of these work stresses and being, yeah, I was working at a high school and being in the midst of just the the trials and the challenges that these students were facing. um, Yeah, I started to experience this anxiety and this like kind of almost debilitating anxiety at times um yeah which was really new to me and just yeah really horrible thing to experience um and then going into the next year which was three three years ago I moved to Brisbane and started studying at a bible college um called the academy with a church up here called glory city church um and so I kind of thought, you know, I was moving away from that real direct uh, work that I was doing that was really intense. And, you know, I'm going to study the Bible a bit more and grow more in my faith. Um, and actually this anxiety seemed to follow me. Um, at times it felt quite irrational, like, oh, like there's nothing even triggering this, but why am I waking up in the middle of the night, like with my heart racing and um struggling to breathe and just thoughts racing. Um, It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And then I started to um, have these big spiritual questions and um, yeah, just start to feel like this sense of hopelessness at times as well, um, which was really unlike me. (laughs) So it was, yeah, super strange to experience this, especially even while, um, you know, really, growing in my faith and learning more about the Bible at this ministry college um, and having beautiful community around me as well. Um, Yeah, I was just like, oh, this just doesn't make sense. I'm just experiencing this oppression and it's, um, yeah, it was just a very difficult time. Um, But in the midst of that, like I did feel like um, because I had this beautiful community at my church around me and because I Um, had the safe space of the academy and was really setting a lot of time aside to seek God. Um, 
just his beautiful voice just kept speaking to me and kept encouraging me and um, giving me strength through that time. Mm. Um, and I actually had a revelation that year. I um, just, I, th- I think it was during worship at church one time, and I just imagined, you know, Jesus as the Prince of Peace living inside of me and actually taking up every inch of my being um, wow. and just kind of resting in that image. Um, really helped me to kind of experience some of um, that peace from God. Hmm. And, yeah, but I found throughout that year it was kind of off and on, like bouts of this anxiety and just kind of, um, yeah, struggling to with my thoughts or with just these um, not in my stomach or these feelings. Hmm. And, um, yeah, and then just seeking God and just being like, you know, this, I, yeah, this can't kind of keep going on and on. Like um, I just really uh, started to feel grateful for like times that I was just feeling so peaceful and like, yeah, stress-free. I'm like, oh, I want to be like that again. Mm. Um, Yeah. And then it was the end of that year. We were at a, uh, like a camp retreat for the end of the year for the Bible college. Um, and we actually were asked by one of the leaders to go off in the afternoon and ask God to give us a new kind of a new name for ourselves, like something that he wants to just speak over us for the next season. Um, and I was out walking in nature and I was just praying and asking God, like, what name does he want to, does he want to speak over me? And I thought it was the cheesiest thing, but I heard the words princess of peace um and I was like oh god that's so cheesy (laughs) (laughs) um but he just kept saying princess of peace and then that night and I just shared you know this is what I heard and then um, the leader just prayed over us for that name and um honestly from that time there I've experienced beautiful freedom from that anxiety um, mm. and just this kind of steadfast peace that I no longer take for granted um, yeah and so you know at times I still might get a bit anxious or stressed um, but I'm so so thankful um, for just this kind of groundedness in the peace of God um, mm. and yeah also can feel like I can relate and have compassion on people who do experience um, anxiety or other things that just mental things or anything that just feels out of your control Mm. Um, and just hope for yeah healing in that area and also just hope that um, that God would bring strength um, to yeah get through that time yes Mm. and what do you feel God has been speaking about into your identity knowing that you're child of God you're an aboriginal woman how has God spoken into those different areas of your life where you've experienced tension or confusion had questions how have you seen God speaking Mm. into your life in that way yeah sure God has definitely brought some incredible people into my life um, to help affirm me in my identity as an aboriginal christian woman Mm. Um, particularly Brooke Prentice, um, who was the CEO of Common Grace, and he's an Aboriginal Christian leader and Waka Waka woman over the past, well, I think 
so I've known her for four years and um, yeah she's just been an incredible person to even for me to ask questions to or mm-hmm. just to even admire like her own um, journey as an Aboriginal Christian leader and just her conviction in in her faith in her theology um, and just her um, generosity to share that with with the wider church um, mm-hmm. and call people as well to to really listen and to try and understand um, Aboriginal Christianity mm-hmm. and as well Auntie Jean Phillips um, who she led um, brought together Aboriginal Christian leaders in it was four years ago at uh, something called the Grass Tree Gathering or Auntie Jean's been running multiple of these but I attended the one in I think 2018 and that's where I met Auntie Jean and Brooke and it was really the first time that I'd made some deep connections with other Aboriginal Christians um, and that was super validating for me. Um, I think yeah before that like I'd even just research or try and google like mm-hmm. <laughs> um, about yeah Aboriginal Christianity and like culture and God and so many things and at times I would find um yeah or just hear from um Aboriginal Christians online or even on I remember seeing Uncle Ray Minicon on NITV at one point talking about his faith and that was really encouraging um yeah but I think yeah even just walking with people like Brooke people like Auntie Jean um just brought yeah just this kind of foundation in my identity um Mm -hmm especially over the last year as well I've been working really closely with Auntie Jean Uh, we've been going to Logan every week and kind of starting a bit of a ministry and sharing um, kind of yeah doing some social work things giving out food to families and just supporting some Aboriginal families and young people Um, and also helping Auntie Jean in her ministries to the church she has a very Mm -hmm. strong call to um, call people she says um, come on the journey with us and Annie Jean as a senior Aboriginal Christian leader has been in ministry for over 60 years um, and so she's just really encouraged me in just her own journey with God and her faithfulness over all those decades um, to just follow Jesus and to also take action on justice um mm. and to get in to the yeah the mess of people's lives um and because yeah there there is so much um injustice and mm. poverty and um yeah really difficult circumstances um, for a lot of aboriginal people and families um and so yeah auntie jean and brooke and all these incredible people i've met you know they're very strong and um in their relationship with God mm-hmm. and then their um yeah that compels them to have this strength as well to try and make change um for well, Annie Jean talks about like helping the little people um mm-hmm. so, yeah she just sees like yeah if I can help this family and then she ends up just yeah helping whole communities and um yeah doing incredible work so yeah, I think there was definitely a time of really struggling with with my identity and um but yeah, God's been super faithful to provide some beautiful people to 
yeah help me on that journey and to, to validate and to encourage me as well yes. in my faith and culture oh amazing and what do you think the church needs to learn about aboriginal christianity what are the gaps what are the common misconceptions that need to be addressed what's your heart and knowing that you work with common grace what's the heart there for bridging that gap so i'm very inspired by auntie jean who i was just talking about and her um conviction to call the church to really take a role um and yeah just more of a role in um bringing justice for Aboriginal people like nationally. Um, I think a huge first step and something that we often talk about at Common Grace is building relationship, building friendship um, of kind of, yeah, just um, lessening the space between you and your church and Aboriginal people and the Aboriginal community. Um, Something as part of my role at Common Grace that I try and do is to amplify the voices of Aboriginal Christian leaders because there have been um, so many incredible Aboriginal Christian leaders and to be honest, often many of them haven't been recognised or their stories haven't been shared. Um, And then today there are so many um, incredible Aboriginal Christian leaders doing amazing things and so um, yeah, as part of my role, I love to amplify those voices and to um, show the, the wider church um, how God is using Aboriginal peoples. Um, and so I think even through things like this coming National Reconciliation Week, which is the 27th of May to the 3rd of June, um, we're providing a church resources toolkit and trying to just help that um, that journey of acknowledging Aboriginal people are acknowledging significant dates like National Reconciliation Week, like NAIDOC Week, um, Aboriginal Sunday, which is the Sunday before January 26th. Um, So yeah, we try and bridge that gap and help um, churches to engage in these things. Um, Yeah, I think prayer is obviously really important as well um, for the church to to pray and to learn humbly and to Mm. deeply listen um, as well about Aboriginal injustice Um, Mm. and even there's I think nationally just in general like there is this call for truth-telling and for um, yeah learning more about the true history of this country think a lot of us realize you know oh we learn things and it's like oh I didn't I wasn't taught that in school or like how did I not know this um and so there's so much power and healing in bringing light to um the past and um you know this is like Auntie Jean talks about this being not only Aboriginal history but it's the history of all Australians and Mm -hmm. so I think um yeah truth telling of yeah, just going on that journey of learning, of of educating ourselves um, about the true history of Australia, um, colonisation and everything um, that's come along with it, understanding as well how the past impacts the present and, you know, the current statistics, the current injustices of today. Um, mm. It's really important, especially, yeah, for the church to, to go on that journey of learning yes. and understanding and of, yeah, deeply listening. 
Mm. Yeah, and Common Grace has initiated uh, Change the Heart. So tell us a little bit more about that and how we can get involved and what you have experienced by being part of that for the past couple of years Mm. as well. Yeah, sure. So Change the Heart um, originally grew out of Auntie Jean Phillips's vision to gather Christians to pray in the lead up to January 26th. Um, which is, yeah, can be quite a contentious day. It, just, it has been a, a day of mourning for Aboriginal people since 1938. Um, and, yeah, we often, it often can be a pretty tough time for a lot of Aboriginal peoples. And so Annie Jean thought, you know, like, what can the church do? Like, we can pray. And so it was actually 10 years ago that Annie Jean, Auntie Jean first called people in it was in um, West End in Brisbane at West End Uniting Church um, to come and pray the night before January 26th. And then in 2017, Brooke Prentice helped it to grow to be national services in every state and territory. So these became beautiful prayer services of lament, of um, listening, kind of these things I was talking about, like it really is embodied through Change the Heart. We get to listen to Aboriginal Christian leaders. We get to learn about the true history. Uh, we get to learn about some of the injustices in the present. We get to pray. We get to come together to lament and also to have this um, this hope for a better future and this hope in Jesus um, that it's yeah, only through the cross that we can do these things. And so in I first became involved in Change the Heart, I think it was 2018 or 19, one of those. Um, and I started to, yeah, help out and just volunteer with Change the Heart, ended up getting to travel around the country to attend these services, um, yeah, in all different places. It's so beautiful and beautiful to meet. Christians and yeah just people who are really just passionate to learn more and to engage and um, yeah to see things change Um, and then last year with COVID it was um, yeah pretty difficult for us to (laughs) travel around and um, for these in-person services to happen and so um, yeah God ended up opening these doors to work with ACC TV so the Christian channel on Foxtel and they have been amazing. They've really helped to, I guess, capture what a Change the Heart service in person uh, would be like, but put it into this recorded, televised um, program. And so you can actually watch the Change the Heart 2022 service on the Common Grace website currently. It's commongrace.org.au and then forward slash watch. And watch Change the Heart. I strongly encourage everyone to go and watch that. Um, yeah, and so yeah, Change the Heart. It's really this um, recognition that you know, without actually uh, changing our hearts, like changing something from the inside out, mm. that's when we will start to um, see change externally. But we start at the yes. heart. Oh, mm. that's beautiful. I'll put all of those. Uh, links in our show notes as well so if people want to find out more and uh, to get a direct link to access that that'll all be there for people uh, also tell me what do you feel God has been doing in your life uh, as a result of facing various trials being 
are positioned in your work? What do you feel is the gold that God has produced in your life? Where can you see him taking you on this journey? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, God, I think, has definitely grown me a lot, particularly in the last few years. I can for sure see a lot of room for <laughs> growth and I'm sure God is going to continue to do beautiful things. Um, but, yeah, I think he's really taken me on a journey um, personally of, I think, being not being led by fear as much, actually. Um, it's been different circumstances that have, um, yeah, just kind of brought realizations like, oh, I'm acting out of fear or I'm acting out of offense or, um, yeah. So I think um, even just this beautiful revelation of, of forgiveness, of keeping a soft heart, um, particularly when there's often a lot of um, opposition or, to be honest, there's a lot of racism out there as well. Mm. Um, yeah, but I think God's something that I'm really determined to hold on to is to keep um, a soft heart and to stay humble and, yeah, to give up um, a lot of the challenges I face, to give that to God and to, yeah, let him carry that burden because it can be really difficult, particularly when I'm working with um, people who are facing um, so much injustice and pain and grief um and also systems that yeah are really hard to change um and big things that we want to do um yeah can be discouraging and yeah but I think God's been helping me and mm. yeah, drawing out the the goal to I guess continue to um be passionate about these things and to do it in a way that's actually sustainable um, so that, yeah, I don't have to carry these burdens on my own and even to just be really intentional with who who I'm putting around me as mm. support. Um, yeah, it's been super helpful. Um, yeah, even just recognising, like, what, what I need to do practically um, to look after myself and to be able to keep going. Um, even last year, so... I do suffer with like chronic migraines as well a lot of the time um, and just making a decision last year to, um, you know, to step down to four days a week of work instead of five, like just things like that where I'm like, oh, it's actually made such a big difference. Wow. And just, yeah, being kind to myself, just listening to God and not just mm. living for other people's expectations. Um, but yeah, I just want to, I want to stay passionate and I want to, um, yeah, stay soft and mm. yeah, stay kind and yeah, just actually be yeah, be led by God. Yes, um, that's going to make all the difference. Mm. Beautiful. And finally, I might just ask you for those who are listening who perhaps haven't really considered Aboriginal Christianity and what that looks like in the church today, or Perhaps this has been a really eye-opening conversation, not realising the tension that still exists. Why don't you just leave us with some encouraging words of what you feel God is doing in the church and what you feel that God is calling his people to do to look after our Aboriginal brothers and sisters? Mm, awesome. Yeah, definitely. So God, I believe, has placed beautiful treasures inside of Aboriginal peoples. 
and he has raised up and is continuing to raise up incredible um, First Nations people, young and old, um, who carry so much of his glory, of his beauty, and of, yeah, just these treasures that we all can access and we all can grow from and learn from um, and witness. And so, yeah, my encouragement to Christians and to the church is to open your heart um, to, yeah, the treasure that God has put inside Aboriginal peoples and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Christian leaders. Um, We all have so much to learn and to grow and to benefit from, um, yeah, what God is doing amongst Aboriginal peoples. So, um, yeah, I encourage you to... um, to go on that journey of deep listening, of learning, um, of yeah, education, and of building relationship with Aboriginal peoples, um, it's definitely something I think that yeah, God is is really on, and that the church needs. Um, we need to not only um, yeah, get to know each other and love one another well, um, but we need to yeah, let our love. Um, shine in our actions we actually for national reconciliation week this year our theme uh, is reconciliation as love in action so i encourage everyone to to love as jesus has loved us and to let your love um, be shown through your actions as well Mm. amazing oh to be honest i feel like we've only just scratched the surface i know that there's so much more that we could dive into and talk about but like i said for everyone listening, I'll place a lot of helpful links and references into the show notes. And I'd love for each of you to consider taking some time and, and reflecting and really diving deep into what God is doing uh, and to perhaps be open to some conversations and learning from other people that you haven't before. So Bianca, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and for sharing your own personal story and the heart of common grace. So we're really excited to see what's going to be happening in the future and we'll be praying for you in your journey as well. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thanks so much, Emily. Wow. There is so much that we can learn from Bianca. So a big thank you to her again for coming on the podcast and sharing her story. I've personally done a lot of reflection both leading up to and since this conversation There's still a lot of work that can be done for the church to close that gap and I'd highly recommend checking out all of the resources that I have linked in the show notes for you to explore a little more. Before we close, I'd like to pray and I'm actually going to read a prayer that was written by Christian Aboriginal leader Brooke Prentice originally for January 26th, but I think it is so moving and I'd love for us to pause and take in these words as I read this prayer. Lord, we come before you today as a Christian community to pause and reflect with our Aboriginal brothers and sisters. We pause to take a moment to show compassion to Aboriginal people at this time of grief. Whilst not all of us will understand this, we ask that you help us to see, hear and feel the struggles of our Aboriginal brothers and sisters. We pray for strength and healing at this time that brings forth feelings of loss. We recognise the loss of family, land, freedom, and we say sorry for the times that we have wronged Aboriginal people, the times that we have not treated them with dignity, the times that we have not stood up to racism, and the times we have not listened to their stories, their fight for justice, 
or their cry for compassion. Lord, we pray for a way that we can celebrate together, not as a united group, but for a way that celebrates our diversity, a way that encompasses all cultures and celebrates and commemorates our past, both the good and the bad. Lord, we know that you're all seeing and all knowing. We know that you have seen all that has gone on in this land since time began. We pray that you help all Australians to see as you have seen through all the pages of our history and our present and our future yet to come. Lord, we thank you for placing Aboriginal people here in this land. We thank you for their care and stewardship of your great creations for thousands of years. We thank you for their survival against many odds. And Lord, may we learn to respect, appreciate and acknowledge the oldest living culture in the world. Lord, we ask all these things in your almighty name. Amen. Well, everyone, this is me officially signing off. So please follow along over on Instagram, which is at goldencollective underscore for all the updates and announcements to come. Things may look a little different for a while, but I actually have a new project in the works, which I'm hoping to release whilst on maternity leave because, you know, I'll be so bored with so much free time. <laughs> but hey, I'm going to give you a clue, an exclusive podcast listener clue it is something physical that you can display any guesses friends thank you so much for the love and support on this podcast it has been my absolute joy to bring you these conversations and until next time stay golden Oh